Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on this, the first podcast of the new year, Pastor John and I talk about symbols and images in the church, and we discuss the opening message in our series entitled Extreme Hospitality. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, and happy, happy 2024. Hey, here we are. This is the first uh, armchair preaching of 24. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, I miscounted. I said that this would be episode 150 before the new year, and it is not. This is episode 149. So next week. um, (laughs) All right, we're going to do something big next week. Uh, let me think about that. Um, right. This is kind of a heavy week, so I don't know that I'll have any time to think. <laughs> and we we have a we have how many a, microphones do you have? We'll bring a bunch of people in. We here. have a uh, what's I have, I have four inputs. I can do four <laughs> four inputs total here. Uh, we're super high tech in my office, um, but it is the first Sunday of 2024. We're we're coming mm-hmm. off of uh, a very active and successful. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I, hes- I always hesitate to use the word successful, and I'm not really sure yeah. why I hesitate yeah. to use that word. But I felt like it it was uh, – because it, it's always successful if it's God-honoring. Yeah, if it accomplishes the purpose yeah. for which you set it set out to be, it, it's successful, and, and, and that's the purpose, yeah. to be God-honoring and, and edifying. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit just quickly uh, about Christmas Eve because we haven't been on the podcast since Christmas oh, yeah. Eve. We had four services. Yeah, big day. It was on, a big day. It was, nice. it, was really, it was a nice day. It was a nice day. Lots of uh, morning activity. We had a service in the sanctuary, which was not a Christmas Eve service. It was a fourth Sunday in Advent service, yeah. which, <laughs> which is, I mean, so, I, I know, I know for a fact that people in were in the morning service, and that was their only Christmas Eve service. So we had to put a little bit of there as we did at the end. We had to put a little bit of something in there. Heart the Herald, Herald Angels. We did not light the Christ candle though. No, we just no, but, but you in know. the Advent wreath. Uh, but it was important, you know, it, it, for regular listeners of the podcast, if they followed us in in through the Advent season, if they followed us uh, over the Lenten season last year, they know that you and I both, and and our tradition, values the calendar, the, mm-hmm. the Christian calendar, and 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 we're not hyper sticklers to it. But there are times when we say, no, 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 it is important to make sure we see this season all yeah. the way to the end before we start the next one. I think that was important. And yeah, if there's any, if there's ever a a um, a, a a moment that needs to have to, that deserves the build up, yeah, it would be the the great incarnation of God of the of the Christmas celebration. Absolutely. The great build up to that which is the weeks of advent leading up to it. By the way, the other one is the the great re- the great resurrection as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So all the all that Easter is about deserves its great uh, warm up as well. And we um I think I I was probably one of those that thought, okay, well because we have a morning service, we will see some Dip in attendance in yeah, the evening services, and and that was not the case. It was a nice surprise. Maybe, maybe I w- I don't know. You tell me. You've been here now four years. This is mm-hmm. four, fourth mm-hmm. Christmas. Maybe even a little bigger attendance. It was bigger. A larger attendance than we've had. Yeah, it was larger uh, in in and five. All all evening services were larger. Maybe yeah. slightly larger. Not yeah. not not, not, not astronomically larger. Yeah, but, but they were. But considering we had a morning service. Yeah. Where you and I both know there were people that was their only service, mm-hmm. uh, but it, you know I think it speaks to the the importance of even even culturally you know that 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 folks 
touch the sacred. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, 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 they want to visit, even if they're not regular, uh, guests, yeah. uh, they, they want to, they want to touch the sacred on, on Christmas. And night. we talked about this at staff before that Christmas yeah. Eve Sunday is that there's a, there's a, I don't know if it's not school of thought. There's just a, a strain of, of voices in the Christian community that makes fun of the people yeah. who show up on Christmas and Easter only. Yeah. And uh, and our uh, we challenged our, ourselves to say let's let's not be that voice or let's be yeah. a voice that says when you show up if they show up for Christmas and Easter only if this is the only time we see them all year long they chose to be here and we love that they are here so uh, so it was just really uh, that was really pretty special to see not only our folks here uh, and by the way I think that I think that the candle lighting is what you know. The candlelighting part of the Christmas Eve services is is the thing people you know they do they, they want they, that they, they want that you know being together in community with the candles lifted high we're singing singing the song that's just a really special moment in the life of the church and and you know I want to talk a little bit about this um, with with that in mind you know one of the things that's huge in 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 the Christmas season uh, it's big in, in all the Christian seasons I think and and it and as we turn the page and started this new series in on hospitality this week uh, it it showed up again is this idea of imagery you know physical imagery as a mm-hmm. representation of something mm-hmm. larger something divine you know you, you mentioned the candles in mm-hmm. Christmas Eve uh, there, the, in Christmas there there are a lot of images I mean the, there's the Advent wreath. Yeah. Uh, there's the Christmas tree, which I know people, ah, oh, pagan origins, and and I push back and say you you need to kind of broaden your history there a little bit because it's actually a reaction against pagan origins or or whatnot. But but there's a lot of imagery, right? We have the nativity scene, we have even gift giving itself, and I think the manger, the manger, is a big one. Yeah. yeah, and we go into. We're we're shortly in a few few weeks. It'll be the beginning of the Lenten season because it's mm-hmm. an early Easter. Uh, so you'll have palms. You have palm branches for Palm Sunday. You'll yeah, have ashes on sun- on Wednesday. Ash. Yeah, exactly. I for, I even forgot that. So there's so many yeah, yeah, so yeah, many yeah, yeah. Christian uh, imagery. Yeah. Um, and then this past Sunday, we we celebrated communion. We uh, uh, performed baptisms, and there's all these physical images that that embody or encapsulate mm-hmm. something of the gospel. When you think of those things, and, and we use them in preaching as well, too, and we talk about the pineapple. We're going to talk a little bit more about pineapples mm-hmm. in a second, but but uh, what is that? Why is that important? Why do you think that that resonates with people so much, the, the physical images that we use, that we see in Christianity as a whole? Um, and it's not exclusive to Christianity. I mean, metaphor no. and symbolism and all those things are, are common in literature. But why do you think that that's, that's such funny, a big deal? It's funny as you're saying that. Yeah, I know we talked about this before, just before you hit play. But uh, as you're just going through that just now, I'm thinking that isn't that the our understanding of what sacraments are, that they are visible signs? Mm-hmm. They are signs. They are they they represent something that they and what they represent is this invisible invisible grace of of God, and uh, and it's and in some sense it's God accommodating to us to know that mm. we need those things. I love it. Yeah, the word it accommodation help, is so helps important. Us, it helps us process what this thing is. Yeah. So it's it's good for us to understand uh, that. I mean, that that doesn't take away from that's a subjective thing. Like, that's sure, sure, like, sure. Like, that's how I would experience it. I help you. You just help me process it by giving me this sign. Uh, but there, so there's still the objective thing that there is, and especially in the sacraments, have got to be 
call that out. So there's definitely an objective work of God where there's something God does in that in that moment that is independent of our subjective experience mm-hmm. of that. But there is a subjective experience of it. It, is, it helps us process and understand, you know, God's use of water, for example. Yeah. I used to play a video before all of our baptisms, and it had it's all the ways that God uses water. Hmm. And it's like three minutes of just, just water this, water this, and now there's water to baptism. So I think it's similar, similarly, when I think about images of mangers and, and, um, and ashes and, 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 and crosses, and, you know, I used to, till, till I gave it away to a, a, young, a young girl in the hospital the other day, he used to wear this little, a crown of thorns around my on my lapel, and that's another symbol uh, that I carry around with me. Collars for some tra- traditions, wearing a clerical collars as, as a symbol. I so think I mean, the, we, we we wear robes and stoles and, yeah. and, and and all sorts of things. And there's 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 symbolic meaning why in the classic service we wear robes. Yeah. I mean, people don't often th- they think that's purely an academic thing, but it's really it's really not. I mean, it, it, in the in in church history the Clergy would wear robes to uh, to equalize themselves with all people, mm-hmm. so that it didn't matter what their dress was underneath; that they were on equal footing to everyone around them. Yeah. That the wealthy poor didn't didn't matter at yeah. that at that point. So that even even the hoods that, that even we, the hoods that, that, that we wear, the yeah. hoods are now that they are a sign of academic that, that we're the doctors of the church, uh, as the, as the teachers of the church. But the hoods themselves were flipped around; and they were used to gather alms. Yeah, yeah. And that's what went inside the hood. You, you went around and collected money for the poor. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a sign of pastoral you know, intention. So I think all of those things, to go back to your question, I think all those things are useful. They become useful um, uh, visual reminders of the, uh, of the meaning, of the, of the content that is behind the visual. Yeah. You know that that the ashes remind us of our mortality. Mm-hmm. That the that the that the crown of thorns reminds us of the suffering of of, of Christ that led to the death and the, and the resurrection of of Christ. Uh, that the manger reminded us of of uh, the the incarnation. And yeah. and when we are, when they're working best, that the the meaning in all its fullness. Um, is rich, yeah. you know that that it's richly understood. So um, it'd be one thing to, to to say that a manger is a feeding animal feeding trough, and it held baby Jesus, and that's kind of the yeah. end of the story. But the manger represents the 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 incredible talking about extreme, the ex- extreme act of God, mm-hmm. the great sacrifice of God to become flesh and blood, and the humility and the quietness with which He entered into this world. It's all captured in a very humble scene, yeah. hum- humble symbol of the of the manger. Well, it makes me think when you, one of the words that you said, and and I think it's it's such an important word for us to remember, you know, because there there are folks that, and I and and even our own tradition before we hit record, we were talking about you know how John Calvin would look at our sanctuary as being terribly ornate, you know, yeah. and, and and our and our and we're not Greek Orthodox, right? I mean, so and, and we're yeah, it's, not it's Roman, pretty pretty Roman. plain by some standards, yeah, yeah. but by by. By Calvin standard, yeah. which he wants basically a box and a pulpit. That's right, and, because, a, and a table. Because he was reacting against what you talked about was that the the for the tradition for the the folks um, in his day pre you know in, in that right in that Reformation time frame for the Catholics the symbol was the thing you know it wasn't pointing to the thing it mm. wasn't the subjective reality was the reality as opposed to it's pointing to the objective reality yeah. and that's where the 
Yeah, you know, we're not getting into the sacramental theology yeah. of why trans- cover transubstantiation yeah, right, right why, now. Why transubstantiation <laughs> was such a big deal, but but um, that's why Calvin was like, no, 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 we got to you know strip it bare. And there are, if you you know visit churches in the Northeast, uh, early colonial Presbyterian Reformed churches, they are they're boxes in a pulpit. I mean, and and even the presence of a physical cross would be considered ostentatious ostentatious and and bordering idolatry and mm-hmm. and and at the same time the visible reminds us of the accommodation of god that god yeah. that god always is in in a, in a posture of accommodation whenever he's communicating to his people and that's that's even the incarnation is an accommodation so you, know? so you raised the question um and you raised the point uh with uh, with with calvinism and with the, the the church and the reformation era being the back you know the reaction to the over, yeah. uh, overdoing it of the of the catholic church of the middle ages um at what point is the symbol does the symbol become a problem yeah what, that's a great question that that's a great question i i think when the symbol becomes the have to as a i have to have this in order to worship i have to have this in order to pray i cannot I, that's when i start to think it begins to become a problem mm-hmm. and and i've i've even man i've even seen people take take and and this is going to sound really weird so i've got to to clarify it for reader listeners at home is when the elevation of the bible as a as a as an as a as a point of emphasis overwhelms the content of the bible does that does that make sense and the physical positioning of the bible well, in the sanctuary the, it's not even just the physical positioning of it but that 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 there you know I, I, there was a when i was in seminary there began to be some debate about folks who became became uh, that th- that started to uh, react against uh the idolatry of of the written word um as opposed to the written word and the experiential like uh, uh rea- you know the experience of the holy spirit you know and, and they were like well, where's the push pull where's the push pull where's the push pull uh, yeah, yeah. and and one camp wanted to discount all experience whatsoever and and only you know the mental true you know the 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 educational informational transformational ability of the the written word mm. as opposed to the inspiration of the holy spirit playing any role in in an individual's discipleship do you see what i'm yeah, saying there yeah, no, and that's they, where they, that's where you start to get the and because they were again they were reacting it's so funny how theology becomes a, a reactionary a, so reactionary they were reaction uh, having a reaction to their own uh own backgrounds and their own experiences that had elevated the experience and, yeah. and the emotive over normative truth, right? right? So um, I think that's when the symbol becomes problematic is when it becomes exclusive in 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 its um, in its power over a particular person. Yeah. You know, like I, I, we do, we would do well to keep our symbols simple. Mm-hmm. To, to take the, this, the, the, the core simple meaning of the symbols and, and just – and I don't mean simplistic. I mean just, just to not read more, more into them than, than, what, than, than what, is, what is there. Yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah, which, and, is, which I'm, and as I'm saying, it sounds a little contrary, contrary to what I was saying a little while ago, which is that the symbols so deep can, have, have they are deep and they, yeah. they they have great meaning attached to them, but they don't have more than that deep yeah. deep meaning and great. There are meaning. boundaries to it, right? Yeah, there are boundaries to it, and and it's one of the values in having a plethora of these symbols is because it it reminds us that you cannot box in the the concept of who God is and his and his um work amongst humanity yeah. in one symbol one symbol because I know some people don't want to reduce all symbolism to the cross yeah right the cross is yeah. it okay the cross is great right. uh, don't please don't hear what I'm not I don't want people to hear what I'm not saying <laughs> but is it the only it is is it the 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 greatest physical expression of what God has done yeah. Amongst people for all time. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not even the best one for Easter, if you think about it. No, I mean... Because the, the best one for Easter... Yeah, the empty it. tomb. It's the empty I mean, tomb, so, but it's just not as easy to portray that and, and make it make it very visual. The empty tomb is... empty the, hole. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But I mean... It, it, that's, well, I, you, see, you laugh about that, because I literally have looked for... you know, cause yes. I went, When I found the lapel pin for the... For the, uh, for the uh, with the crown, crown of thorns, of thorns I was looking for a lapel pin for the empty tomb. But you could even make an argument that the crown of thorns is as at, at least at could be as powerful a symbol as the cross. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, again, the cross is oh, the, man, the you symbol. Got Jesus, I mean, Jesus on the cross with the crown of thorns here. Are, people, did you go? Did you turn into a Catholic just now? Yeah, but but it's <laughs> because what is the what is the what is the the power of the crown of thorns in, in in all when you look at it from the gospel narrative you you've got the 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 passion humiliation uh but you also have the 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 it, the total mission of Christ right there because what did Christ come to be and do to be the king of kings yeah. and be the lord of lords but in an upside down we talked about this before the upside down kingdom we're not the ones that invented that term but we've talked about it because it's a great because it's it's a king of a different sort of kingdom it's a king of of humility and the the roman soldiers that placed it on his head didn't realize the power of that symbol when they placed it on his head but you could make an argument that that's what should be enshrined in gold and hanging in the middle of sanctuaries all across the world. Giant, and, giant and, crowns. Yeah. yeah, giant giant crowns of thorns. I mean, but that's where the symbol becomes – that's why the multifaceted nature of the symbolism in the church yeah. and the imagery of the church is so important because it reminds us that not any one – all the symbols that we have, especially if they're biblically-based symbols – um, well, here's a here's a good one though. The, the the problematic one for most Protestants is that Jesus on the cross, mm. or yeah. Jesus off the cross, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Jesus on the cross versus Jesus off the cross, yeah. and we you know if you look at any Protestant church, anytime mm. you see a, a cross in a Protestant church, Jesus is not on that cross. No, and that is a reaction to the what what. It's really kind of a, a, a communion yeah. theme of the of transubstantiation. They have to re, sort of resacrifice Jesus every time they go through this, the, Which this we don't ritual here. That that's happening. No. And so they, so Jesus needs to be on, you know, be seen on 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 the cross. And so, um, and yet, I mean, I have a cross in my office. Is my I, I grew up Roman Catholic, so we had them everywhere with yeah. the with the crucifixes with Jesus on them. I have one in my in my office, and it just it reminds me not uh, that we need to resacrifice Jesus. It reminds me of the fact that he was on the cross, that he did sacrifice. He was actually yeah. there, so we can't. So we threw the baby 
out with the bathwater yeah. when, we, when we completely denied that symbol of any meaning whatsoever, or we didn't we were feared being associated with a meaning that we we would not have had, but others might have perceived us to have. And so, no, we can still have the cross, like you said, I think wonderfully so, that we we have a multitude of symbols for uh, for a reason. Yeah, and, and that, that symbol is not the thing. The symbol is not the thing. And that's the symbol what you were saying, tells the objective this story. versus the subjective. And, and, and that's the important part. And it's all accommodation. It's all God's accommodation to us. And that's what the, that's what, I mean, even, even the Bible itself is an accommodation, you know, yeah. and, and for us to live into that tension. And when we, when we're preaching, the reason that we bring in cultural touch points, uh, and we'll talk about a couple of them today, is that we're, we're, we're continuing to demonstrate the, the, that, the, that God is still touching these act very real areas of our lives that we can put our hands on, that mm-hmm. we can put our, you know, you know, uh, sight on and, and, and it's there. It's not just this, this sort of esoteric, you yeah. know, kind uh, of uh, well, pie in the pa- sky. Pa- sort parables of thing. did the same thing. They, 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 they made the abstract concrete. Absolutely. They made the unknown knowable. Yeah. You know, that's so that, that uh, that's, it's, it, and it is a, it is a useful part of our, yeah. of our faith. So, well, we turned the page uh, into 2024. This was the first Sunday in 2024. We began yep. a series called uh, Hospitality, and mm-hmm. and as a part, keeping on that theme of the imagery of of the the faith. Uh, this is not imagery of the faith, but imagery of our culture. This this image of hospitality and the pineapple. Mm-hmm. And, and I shared in my sermon yeah. the exchange that you, you and I had about way. it. Because I was laughing out loud as I was watching. Well, you. because you know the email exchange. I was like, <laughs> did, are people going to know this? Because I had never heard this before. I'm curious how many people. When you said how many people did not know this, I think you said how many how many uh, people did not know. How, there were probably a, so the room ten percent of the room. The, the, the room had probably two hundred and. You know, thirty people in it, and then probably forty-five were in my camp. Okay, and and and, and I would say uh, thirty to forty-five okay, people. Okay. Um, and, and and you know, there's how many didn't know and just didn't want to raise their hand. Right, I'm right, not right, really sure, yeah, but yeah. but it was funny because after I don't know if this happened to you at tenth. I'd be curious how many people came up and said, "I've got pineapples growing in my backyard." I had three families that came up to me afterwards, like, "Hey, you know, if you cut the head of this pineapple off and you plant it, you'll have a you'll have a tree in like two years or whatever." And I was like, "Wow!" Uh, no, I didn't have anybody do that, but but there was a woman in the in in the uh, the A fifteen service who gave me a pineapple. Oh, really? And uh, two pineapples. We planted them, and so we have two pineapples. Gr- Bushes growing in our backyard right yeah, now. We're going to do that. Julie, Julie said, "Hey, well, couple weeks, three or four weeks when springtime arrives, we're going to get a pineapple. We're going to give it a shot because we got a lot of the one thing we have is we got a ton of space in our backyard and we got a lot of little gardeny areas. And we're going to. She doesn't like pineapples. I like pineapple. Are yeah. you a pineapple? I fan? love pineapple. I do. I like it. Not on pizza. I'm not. I'm not. Oh that. yeah, that's a, that's a rule. That should be a rule. I'm not that guy. Canadian bacon and uh, Hawaiian yeah, not, Hawaiian I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pineapple. That, yeah. I'm not that guy. But I I, I do like. <laughs> I'm not a, eat it, but I, I don't love it. I do like a I do like a pineapple. Um, just slices. We when we were in Hawaii several years ago, that you know at the base of uh, Diamond Head. If you mm-hmm. are going to hike up Diamond Head, there's a, there's. I'm, I don't know if it's the same guy every time or if it's a rotation of people. There was a guy out there selling. Uh, fresh pineapples and cut the thing off and they put like water or something and you can yeah. drink. It was really, it was really quite good. But, um, that, that was such an interesting symbol to me that 
that we both I love, I we love both used it. We both used it. Yeah, well, we, you you, uh, you you talked about the prickly spiny nature of it, and uh, I thought it was great, especially with one of your teaching points was uh, was just examine your own spiny self. <clears throat> but you know, this I, I want to jump off of this because I think it's important for us to just lay this out. First week is is why this is such an important series, and and you mentioned this specifically that churches in general sometimes struggle with this. Mm-hmm. And and I think our church is no different than a lot of churches. We we sometimes struggle with this. So why did you feel like it was important? Now you you, you were the architect of this series. So yeah. back in the fall when you were outlining this and and kind of placing it, this is how you wanted yeah. to kick off the year. Well, maybe we should maybe we should talk about this too from the from the pulpit when we when we sort of circle back to the to what the series is about. It's just that you know, we, and you mentioned you, you mentioned uh, I think at the beginning the that uh, the COVID uh, the, oh, yeah. the the hospitality is not the norm and our in our culture, and that we've been, we're not not more hospitable, we're less hospitable, and this is some of this is coming out of COVID, some of this come out of the deep division, which also had to do with COVID and all that distancing. You know, literally, people perceive that, that someone else could kill you, I and mean, this is your yeah. your. So, so I, you know, obviously we're aware aware of that, but but people still are coming into the church, and people still want to be you know welcomed into the church, and and it ought not be just the Ashley and Jonathan Links and Kay Strongs and West Drake. Mm-hmm. I did call West Drake out yeah. in the in the. I'm sure he loved well. that. Yeah. Uh, so it ought not to be just a, a handful of people. That it ought it really ought to be something that the whole the whole congregation uh, takes upon themselves. But just to say it would not be enough. Yeah. Yet it has to be based on the on, on much something much deeper for it to actually have any kind of sticking power to it. Yeah. And that's what that's what this past Sunday was about. To say, okay, what is that deeper thing that causes us to inspires us to want to be more welcoming and open to other people? And it's gotta be that, that God's done it for us. Well and one of the things that you did and, and I think it was I think it's it's an important thing and, and I'll probably circle back to this uh in the next week or two, but that the the biblical concept of hospitality, especially from the Old Testament, because you you really went through a litany of mm. examples from the Old Testament, from Abraham, from Abram and Sarai, and Abraham, and uh, you know through through yeah. the kings, and and uh, that is really different. I feel like than our cultural. I mean the the Eastern. Uh, kind of the Eastern Just mentality, the whole, even today. The whole code of hospitality yeah, is different. Yeah, the code of hospitality. And we're going to hit that again. I know this week we'll get yeah. that. We'll get that. Why that's important for the for the people of old, but yeah, but it, it is different. But it, I, I think that was for me what what really struck me is that yeah, the pandemic and political polarization that definitely didn't help things, right? Uh, and and it hurt things quite a bit. But but we were. I don't know that we would say that we were already as a culture already on the trajectory of being super warm and open-doored and... Oh, prior to the pandemic. Prior, prior to the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. I don't know that we were really on that that yeah. path as much. Yeah. And, and and yet the countercultural nature of our faith goes back, you know, thousands of years and that the, 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 the ancient Eastern kind of codes of hospitality, to use your term, which I think is a good term, is is one of more open-handedness and open doors. And uh, that, that to me, I think is, is something for us, you know, for people to kind of reorient. And I, and I, and I'll put myself in that camp too. I'm not always the most. Yeah. You, you were funny with that. Come on over guys. Uh, Let's, let's hang out. Sunday. You're like, you know, Julie is. (laughs) Julie definitely is, man. She's, and I'm like, really, do we, we want to 
have those people over for dinner. <laughs> she's, 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 but she is. I mean, yeah. and, and Kay Strong, and and uh, the, the, uh, and I think there are folks in in our church and other churches. I think all churches are like this to some some degree, um, unless they've built it up from the ground up with this as part of their DNA. That that want to say, well, hospitality is for the gifted people that are gifted in this. Yeah. And for those that aren't, we just get to ride in on their coattails. And and our your response to that, I think, is very was very clear. Well, that's that's not. Yeah, we, right? yeah. I mean, we we all have a responsibility to to make the, the the stranger feel welcome. Yeah, yeah. When you're looking at the church in Galatia, because that was really the primary mm-hmm. passage, Galatians chapter four. Um, where were you seeing those themes really pop out? I mean, we both kind of really hit on yeah. that, but but where were you really seeing those Well, themes? I should say that John John chapter 1 was my original thought, where the, yeah, with, with God, God becoming uh, fl- flesh uh, is the Moving ultimate, into the neighborhood, is, yeah. Moving into the neighborhood. That was, the, oh, the, that was my first thought uh, with with the key text for this week. But I did like the, the, with the Galatians passage, after all the sort of um, the role of the law, uh, which I thought you did a really great job of distinguishing, like, what, why was this so important for the Galatians to hear this? It's and and because you had the Galatian Gentiles and the and the Galatian Jews, and you know what what was so different about them that they needed to hear this whole uh, uh, sort of sidebar on the on the on the law, not even sidebar, just this whole diatribe on the on the law. But what what I liked about it after doing all that, what he said was that um, you know there is no longer necessary because because at the fullness of time, mm-hmm. you know, when the set time had come, it was that language in there that just. That's it. The fullness of time. That yeah. when the set time had come, God yeah. sent his sent his uh, came to this world. You know, to get in the form of his one and only Son, to use the John language, uh, born under the woman, born under the law, mm-hmm. uh, that that he might accomplish for us what we could not accomplish for ourselves. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that I think that was the hook for me. Yeah. That 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 did it. Is that I, that's that's what I that's what I want to hear. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what I want us to hear. Yeah. And I I really like the Galatian the Galatian uh, mental uh, the 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 themes of of the church in Galatia and the, the letter that Paul's writing because they have been preached this gospel of welcoming and openness of God to them because of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the door, right? Jesus is the door. Uh, John's gospel talks about him being the gate, you know, mm-hmm. that the, the sheep go into. And they take that hook, line, and sinker. And then, as we both mentioned, you know, there's this group of people that says, no, no, well, the gate's really not opened. You got to have a key. Yeah. And the key is the law. The key is the ritual. Mm-hmm. The key is the sacrificial system. The key is the dietary restrictions. I mean, Paul really hones in on circumcision. But really, it's all in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, we, I like I mean, how you did that. You, yeah. you, you put more than circumcision in there. Yeah, he he uses circ again symbolism. He he uses circumcision as the because it's the entry point. It's the initiation yeah. point, right? I mean, we know that that was also. We know that the other aspects of this were also part of the the Judaizers' teaching because in the book of Colossians, he specifically calls out the holy days and some of the those other things. But but it was almost to me, it's like, man, this is, there is a, and I didn't put it quite this way in the message, but in my head I was thinking, this is, this is uh, how so many churches um, create barriers to welcoming the stranger because it's, it's, um, dress a certain way, talk a certain yeah. way, know your way around, you know, don't, you know, you know, get, take your own initiative, you know, do your own, inv- you know, that sort of thing where we unconsciously create these or consciously. I mean, some, some churches create it very consciously like, no, 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 
you know, that it was a barrier. There are barriers. Well, that's actually entry. part that now that you're saying that, that, that also is part of, um, you know, an awareness back in the fall when, of a need for something, a series like this is that, is that we haven't, we have for what for many people is for all of us or most of us, we love our sanctuary and our mm-hmm. location here on Lake Collingsworth. And when we drive by it, I see this beautiful, you know, building and, and just beautiful. I mean, it's very, we, we, we think of the people that are inside because we know yeah. them all. It's very warm and engaging, but other people will drive by and it's an, and it's an imposing edifice, yeah. And the the it's intimidating to walk into this place, and so it's even more important for us to have the the uh, the, the people of the church really reacting this way. Uh, again, maybe something worthy for both of us to highlight uh, as we move forward is, yeah. that, is that how important it is, given the fact that we have such an imposing um, edifice. Um, because there are some people that that really are shocked. I mean, you and I both have said this in different you know circles here about the. The, the the catch twenty two of our building, right? That, that yeah. on one hand people love the architecture and it is meant to be God honoring even in its design, but for some it is it is a barrier. It's a barrier to the gospel, and we're not going to tear the building down. But what we can do yeah. is for those for whom that it is a barrier, we can overwhelm that barrier by by disrupting their their expectations because what they the reason it's a barrier for some people is their expectation is if it's cold, if it if it's an imposing uh, edifice on the outside there must be an imposing uh, you know presence on the inside and what we can say is no 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 we're yeah. well we're a welcoming yeah. presence we're a hospitable and i presence. think I, I i feel quite good about you know the, the in the, in the past even though we're talking about Churches that have delivered mediocre, mediocre hospitality. I I love the stories of, of people who usually they were invited by somebody, but once they get were invited by somebody, they were just immediately became welcomed in, you know, welcomed in, and just hear again and again and again. Look, you know, we we felt a warm welcome. We see it every membership class. Yeah. That's what we Ninety nine percent of the people say we, that. we yeah. have we felt an incredible sense of place, home here, and so. But I also know that that's not universal. Yeah, that's every membership class. We can always class. get better. Always and we, get better. And we and 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 we need to and 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 in this case we need to we need to get our heads right and our hearts right about why we do it as well. And that's what this week was about. Yeah. Like why we why is this important? Because it was important enough to God to do it for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're looking at this, you know the 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 the, the other passage that we both touched on, which is kind of a a passage that probably will pop up most weeks if not every week is that Romans 12:13 passage you know uh-huh. consider the need is consider to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality or practice hospitality which is a very simple kind of a two-part passage one talking about the inside people who you know are in the family of God but that still have needs mm-hmm. um but then you have the other side, and we both highlighted this this idea that hospitality in Paul's vernacular here is not about people who are inside. Yeah, it's not about people you it's know. It's strangers. Yeah, it's about people you don't know. Right. So why is that? Think about when you think about the disruption that that might be to people. How do you how do you respond to people that are like? Kind of want to keep strangers at arm's length, especially yeah. in the church. Well, nobody's saying that you need to create, you know, welcome people in the, that you don't know and open your open your doors and put bring them into your bring them into your home. Although that would have been a code. Although the, mm-hmm. the, we just have to recognize that the world was different then. These are strangers passing passing by, and and you know, there's all kinds of other mitigating factors mm-hmm. that go into why that stranger might not do you harm because yeah. the community around them would just kill them. Yeah. And so there's lots of yeah. there's lots. I mean, literally, there, there there's lots of that. So so we we we. We filter that through the world that we, as we live in mm-hmm. it today, and we say that you know that we're better off 
when we when we are are agreeable uh, to to see a person in our midst. Yeah. Um, just, and I'm hesitating because I was thinking, just thinking of a story of um, there was a elderly lady in our church who um, a young man came into our church who was clearly upset. Mm-hmm. And this is in a classic service. Mm-hmm. And he came, I don't remember if they, I just noticed that they were all of a sudden they were sitting together mm-hmm. and he was weeping mm-hmm. and just, just heartbroken. And then pretty soon there's two or three other, you know, people, all, all of them were you know, their seventies or eighties or so, mm-hmm. they're surrounding this guy, mm. and uh, and it's really this is a great, beautiful picture mm. of exactly what we're talking about. So, 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 the the risk is that you know oh, these, uh, these people are you know are not like us, and you know the gain is you know we can love on some people, who yeah. need some loving on, we can we can welcome some people, and we can just we we can just it's you know to be the rich white church on Lake Hollingsworth, which is our part yeah. of our reputation. Does not preclude us to also be the the celebrate recovery church with people who are you know hanging on by their fingernails in life. Absolutely, you can be both in one church. You can I mean, just look at the church in Corinth. Yeah, the church in Corinth was the the poor, working poor mm-hmm. and poor poor and the elite. Yeah, and they were all sitting down together at the community table. Yeah. So yeah. how does that happen? Yeah, hospitality. That's how it happens. And and you bring up Corinth, which is an, a great example. Is is it it happens because of hospitality? But don't expect it to always be easy because that's what Paul was talking yeah, about yes. in the. But but he said it's Eat worth at home, it. Yeah. But he's all, but it's worth it, right? I yeah. mean, it's 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 worth it to to go after that and and to. But that's a lot of hard wiring of the head yeah. and the heart. Like you got You got to have that right because you say that yes, I may be a person of means, and so I. But I can't look at this person who doesn't have means in a certain way. And the opposite's just as true. Yeah. I may be a person of no means. I may yeah. be a poor person, and I can't look at that wealthy person as if they are somehow better than me. Yeah, you can't look at that wealthy. Can't look at them as if they're less. Poor can't look at them as as if they're more. What we have to do is we have to find a way to. I mean, in some ways, hospitality is the great equalizer here. Yeah. I mean, the, even the starting point from this week is the great equalizer because um, he's done it for all of us. Yeah, you know, this great at the set, at the right time, born of the under the, a woman born under the law, mm-hmm. done, done work done for us for yeah. our salvation. He's done for all of us, and yeah. so it doesn't matter what our status is, the station mm-hmm. in life is. It's just we we have to see one another, no matter what our station is, as co co benefactors. Yeah, and I think of the gospel. And I think one of the things that you know we're going to address over the next several weeks, and I think it's it's worth it to say here, is that there is a, especially in our Western culture, there is a a a calling to to overcome the fear of the of the the outsider. Right. I mean, right. Because I think that's a big issue. Yeah, it's a huge issue, and and understanding that it is there are there risks to to to. I mean, we can always look to the the example of it worked out great. You know, I think we you know coming off of Thanksgiving every year, the story, um, the story comes up of this this woman who accidentally text messaged uh, uh you've heard the story she accidentally text messages uh, uh a young man he's um uh, they don't know each other, oh, yeah, and she yes, yes, she yes. she she's thinking that she's uh, t- texting. I think it's her son, and uh, and about Thanksgiving dinner, and he goes, "Oh yeah, sure, you know uh, what time?" And then she finds out, you know, it's not him, and and she still says, "Come on over." Yeah. And for now, I think nine years, yeah. this guy 
that she met over story. by an accidental text message comes over. And we read those stories, and those are great stories and wonderful stories. And then there's the, the person that says, yeah, but that's one story out of like a hundred where somebody took advantage of the elderly or took advantage of the weak or whatever. So there is an inherent risk in the hospitality thing, right? I mean, and that's why even the series, we call it Extreme Hospitality, because there is an inherent risk. I mean, the Pashtuns that I, that I spoke that's, about. When, I, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They, that, that was, a, that was a, 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 a very real risk, and yeah. that, it was one that they experienced. That they, they, some of them died. And, and some of them still having problems. I was, I was reading, um, after, after listening to your message, I was looking it up, uh, the guy who befriended uh, Luttrell, uh, took him a long time to get to the United States, and he and his family were regularly, even after Luttrell was home, rescued, and writing books, he, he was still dealing with the Taliban's assassination attempts because of what he had done. Yeah, he was the marked man at that point. He became the marked man. and uh, Regardless of the fact that the Taliban know as well as anyone that knows that the, that the code that they invoked yeah, absolutely. was something. That was, they didn't just, you didn't automatically get the code invoked for you. They, they came together with the village elders and they made the decision that this is something that this, this man do. is worthy. It, it, he qualifies, and we are going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's where – that's why setting the table, so to speak, no pun intended, for this series has to start with what God does for us and, and, the, and, yeah. and the welcoming us into the family because it wasn't just an opening the door and saying come in. It was that Jesus Christ was the door, and, and the reason that he was able to do that was because he died. Like the, 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 the crown of thorns, the cross, all of that, the, the, the broken body, the shed blood, that was the links to which he was willing to go. And, and, and I was trying to think where you, you said— you spoke about the the sacrifice. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, I talk about it from from the Romans twelve thirteen passage that seek to the seek to uh, the seek to show hospitality. That Greek is is uh, is a deeper word. So I love the original that's language. It. You that's know, it. that's it. That that dioko or dioko, depending on the pronunciation, is is a pursuit, um, even to the point of discomfort and suffering. There is a, a wider mm-hmm. semantic range in there. And and it goes back to what Jesus Christ did for us. I mean, it it wasn't like, you know, of, of all the banquet imagery that's in the Bible, and we're going to talk about the, you know some of the the you know, we're talking about the banquet of Zacchaeus this coming week, mm-hmm. but but it wasn't as though all Christ did was just throw a dinner party and then invite us in. I mean, the cost to have that banquet, to have that eschatological banquet, was his blood and his body on the cross. I mean, that's yeah. and that's the motivation for us to say yes, hospitality, love of strangers. There is a risk, but it's a risk that Christ was willing to go while we were yet sinners. So, so, so we're actually asking ourselves, you know, first, you and me first, our family second. Mm-hmm. And our church members, third, we're asking our church members to do something pretty risky. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm not suggesting that we bring a you know sexual predator into our homes <laughs> no. and, and anything anything That's like not that. That's not what we're saying at all. That's not what we're saying. But we are saying that there are a lot of people out there who you know they're they're different. Yeah, uh, they're, they're not like us, um, and and they need the Lord as much as anyone mm-hmm. needs the Lord. And and um, I, I think earlier some of the, my devotional readings were on the just the um, that it's not the well who need 
a physician. <laughs> it's, the, yeah. it's the sick who needs the, right. the physicians. And so we, 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 we're going to be dealing with some sick people yeah. in that sense. So yeah. they're just not, they're still struggling with their, their lives. Yeah. And uh, so are, are we willing to take that risk? That's the question. That If there's any question that's hanging behind this entire series is are we willing to take the risk? Yeah, and I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll share this story because I, I, before you and I met, uh, I was talking to Tim Timmies. Tim Timmies is our director of college young adults, and uh, he just yes. got back from uh, Passion, Passion uh, in Atlanta, and took a, a group of of college and young adults from our church up there, and, and uh, it reminded me of this because he was he was like, I'm not really sure what to think about the story. So they were out. And Tim is great because uh, on one of the nights he always does like a big fancy fancier dinner with the whole group that he's brought so that they really have some time to, you know, we're going to talk about the importance of eating together again. But like we did last year, last year we're talking about the family. This this year we're talking about strangers. But um, uh, they were about, you know, a quarter mile, half mile from their hotel. So some of them decided they wanted to walk back, about four of them. And uh, he said on their walk back they came across a guy who was clearly strung out. I mean, and, and falling down and because of their experience, the passion and hearing the gospel, you know, for basically 48 straight hours and, and singing right. about the gospel and praying over the gospel, they felt compelled to reach out to this guy. And uh, they struck up a conversation and the guy was like, I'm not normally like this. You know, they, 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 they could tell he was really up on something. They tried to call the, the police not to have him arrested, but they were worried, you know, he was going to overdose mm-hmm. or he was, he was at the borderline. When they realized they stuck with him on, on the street, when they realized he was stabilized, they actually picked him up and carried him. They found out where his apartment was. They carried him and they tucked him into bed. One of the guys that they that they went to Passion with lives in that about 30 minutes outside the Atlanta area, got his telephone number and was going to was starting to follow up with him. I mean, it's just like wow. that. I mean, wow. And Tim was like... I'm so proud, but at the same time, like, was that, like, was that cool? You know, I'm like, man, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that's pretty risky, but it's, it's, there's a hospitality I, message there, right? Nancy Bertram I, tells similar stories about it being in, in Kenya and, yeah. and other places where, where what they did was risky. And, yeah. so, and sometimes the, the risk is a realized risk, yeah. risk. Uh, but, you know, I, yeah, when I know when I've traveled to, to uh, Central America, uh, multiple times, and uh, people are like, "Don't you?" Have, they go. They have guns. They, they, yeah. it's, it, the people they shoot each other. The the the, the, the infrastructure and in the government's not that great. And I keep saying, "You know what? I'm going." Yeah. And if I die, I die. Um, if I die while I'm there, I die on mission. Yeah. And yeah. I'll die, I promise you this: I die happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's and that's that's part of the message this week and and every week in this series in hospitality because that's what Christ has done for us. And if you missed uh, this past week's kickoff message in extreme hospitality, I encourage you to head to our website fpclakeland.org. You can watch uh, complete se- uh, sermons, complete services on our worship page under the sermon archive tab. And if you uh, are so inclined as you're listening to this podcast and you want to be notified when a new episode of Armchair Preaching drops, make sure you hit the subscribe button at your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, You can also give us a review, like us, uh, share it with your friends. There's always a share button there. And uh, more and more people, I I keep hearing that they they realize the... the, 
the benefit of being at a con- in a congregation where there's multiple approaches every week to the gospel, multiple approaches to the same scripture passage, and then we talk about it, and, yeah. and they they get to have three different uh, opportunities to really dig in, and they're not just go. And as someone said to me, you know, it's it's funny because so many times that you know they were at other churches in previous locations, they moved here, and they were like. The sermons were always great, and they were fine, they were biblically based, but it was like when I got done, sometimes I didn't remember exactly what, what we talked about, or I didn't remember the nuance of it, and, and I, I didn't get a chance to really dig into it. It's like here, there's opportunities to dig into the scripture in mm-hmm. multiple ways, and whatever service she goes to, if she listens to the other one, she remembers the other preaching yeah. as yeah. well, and then you know says, oh, well, this is, this is another little nuance to it, another little yeah. facet to it, or this is a reinforcement. You know, Pastor John said this, and Pastor Zach is saying a similar thing, but in a slightly different way. And then they listen to the podcast, and they're like, oh, and there's a whole host of things you, you <laughs> didn't, didn't even, you didn't didn't even get, get to. to. We thought about a lot, that's but right. we didn't get to, or was behind it, behind everything we said. Yeah. And so I think that's, yeah. a, I think that's a, a real benefit. So, uh, Pastor John, as always, thank you once again for... Uh, Great job, and Happy yeah. New Year to you, and Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, really glad that you're joining us on the, on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, John, and we'll uh, see everybody for the 150th. Next week. Next time. It'll be big. That's right.